Good morning, University Avenue. We uh, are encouraging Mitch to take some time to be with his beautiful new baby girl. So you get to hear from me this week and Jenna next week over something that she's really, really passionate about. I'm really excited about it. And you get to hear something that the youth group hears uh, a lot of times, but that does not mean that it is any less important. So I want to apologize to them because they've heard this again and again. But you can always hear it one more time. I'm sure you can hear their groans if you're with them now. Uh, but it's so important. It's, uh, it's about humanity. It's about the church. It's about technology. Uh, it's about how we're engaging with the world around us. And you just heard from James chapter 3. Um, one of the reasons this came up was because the youth group is studying uh, this series called Unfold, where every single week we've been going through a new book in the Bible in order, and we're now uh, we're now almost done. Uh, but we just recently covered James, and it was um, it was incredible because it it talks so much about the things that we're facing right now. We also just heard in in James that it say. Uh, anyone has tamed their tongue, they are perfect. Well, you have known me well enough, and I know you well enough to know we can get that out of the way. So this is not coming from a place of judgment uh, or anything like that, but it's us uh, navigating together what this is around us uh, and how we can be God's people. I also want to say, since we're going to be talking about social media, and since the tongue often sees itself uh, shown through our thumbs more often than not, uh, this is something that's necessary to talk about, but I want to say that uh, I absolutely think it's a huge gift. Because of it right now, you're able to watch this. Uh, because of it, uh, you know, next week I get to get on a Zoom call with Daniel Napier halfway across the world and a couple of other mem members from UA to talk about Augustine and his book Confessions because we want to. Uh, simple as that. Because of it, I'm able to see pictures of my nieces and nephews and videos uh, and they live further away and watching them grow up. I'm able to upload stories about hymns and share that with you every single week. I get to share pictures of my dog and see horrible fashion choices from Jenna 10 years ago. And because of Facebook, and solely because of Facebook, I'm able to know people's birthdays. I have a big enough family that I gave up long ago trying to keep up with all the nieces and nephews. And so this is just a nice way to be able to know your birthdays and, and people uh, who I need to know's birthdays. It's just... Uh, convenient, but it's a double-edged sword. Technology is a double-edged sword. Uh, we see that warning in, in James. They don't explicitly talk about technology, but man, is this not meant for what we're talking about now. Uh, just for clarity's sake, when I say social media, I'm talking about any kind of electronic communication that happens where information is shared. Now that can look like a lot of different things, and we'll be talking about that. Uh, I recently had a discussion with a member, and we covered the works. It was politics, it was, it was UA, it was COVID, it was theology. Uh, but one of the things that stuck out to me was we talked about uh, the church's need to talk about the elephant and the donkey in the room, and not just the political side of this, but so many other things. This affects how you view yourself. This is about how you view others. This is about how you engage with your neighbor and specifically how 
we engage with the world around us and how that world engages with us. Now, this is not some niche thing for just the youth group to hear. Uh, I know that some of you are probably already tuning this out. Maybe you don't have a Facebook or a Snapchat or any of those things, or maybe you do have one and you don't use it very much. So what does this have to do with you? Uh, I don't use it. Or maybe you're going to picture someone else and you're, you're saying, wow, yeah, this message is for them. That's, a, that's an easily, easily fallen into trap that happens with sermons is to think about the other person needing to hear this sermon. This is not me calling out any specific person or specific post. This is about holy living. This is about James. This is about the church and the culture around us that is ever changing. So if you need to, even just pause the video, take a second. And shift your mindset to say, how am I engaging in this? And how does this apply to me? You see, there's massive change happening around us every single day. It is happening to your siblings, to your kids, to your parents, to your teachers, to your ministers, to every single person in your life. We have to be aware and ultimately ask, where does the church fit in? And I'm not just talking about UA, University Avenue, Church of Christ. I'm talking about the church, you. I'm talking about you. See, communication has changed a lot, obviously, through the years. It used to be just talking to people. Uh, and then uh, someone created pictographs, hieroglyphs, and cuneiform. And then you have the Phoenicians start working on an alphabet and gets adapted by the Greeks. And suddenly people can talk through writing. You have the oldest printing press, probably, which originated actually with China in about 868. And we have the Gutenberg Press, which just uh, spreads information, this massive boom of who can get what and who can say what. Access to the Bible, to writings, all kinds of things. We see then this other movement, the quantum leap forward with the radio, the telephone, the television, the computer, the internet, and the, and the smartphone. I remember huddled around the computer uh, with my family as we received the first AOL message from my sister while she was at college. And it was such a big deal that I still remember what she said. But now we have these other things. Facebook, Reddit, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, WhatsApp, Pinterest, Zoom, Snapchat, Instagram, GroupMe, Discord, Twitch, you name it. And you may have only heard of a quarter of those, if that. And that's fine but it changes the culture around you. And three billion people use Facebook monthly. This is the air around us that we breathe, whether or not you're aware of it. Full disclosure, so you know where I'm coming from. I, I love studying this stuff. I think it's hugely important. And not just because of, of the youth group, because I think that it drastically affects their lives, but because it drastically affects my lives, because it drastically affects my brothers and my sisters uh, in Christ and biological. It's, there's so many things happening. This is from your brother in Christ. The church is not barred from this influence or from being influenced. And we have to talk about it, the good, the bad, and the restorable. See, we put our time into what we think is important, especially right now. Uh, and obviously, like I said, the Bible doesn't use the term social media, uh, but it does talk about the tongue. And this is the modern equivalent, uh, equivalent of it so often. 
So we're going to be using James, which I think is just so incredible, so poignant. We talked about this quite a bit with the youth. Um, See, the book of James is often depicted as this book of do's and don'ts. Uh, but that's that's so wrong in my opinion. It's um, it's about your character. It's about who you are. It's about holy living, and where we fit in with that. It's a bit like um, Proverbs, wrapped in the Sermon on the Mount, in its language and its message. It's filled to the brim with commands on holy living and faith made alive. See, in James's view. If your faith wasn't changing the way that you interacted with those around you, then it was dead. If it did not change the way that you talked, that you engaged, that you loved, it is dead. And I want to examine that in light of the world we face today. I'm going to talk about some of this, some of the issues that we face and with social media. And again, don't just picture Facebook. Picture so many different things. This can be email. This can be texting. This can be uh, all kinds of things. James said, not all of you can be teachers. Not all of you should be teachers. Teachers are in a position of influence. They can affect thought or action positively or negatively. The tongue can set on fire the course of life, he says. It can also set on fire the course of other people's lives. You see, social media gives everyone a voice, which is great. It's wonderful to hear from people. It's like with the Gutenberg Press. People who didn't have access to the Bible had access to it. Same thing happens with social media. We hear from people who might not have had a voice. There's a double-edged sword aspect of this, though. What happens when everyone's the teacher? What happens when likes dictate beliefs? What happens when upvotes and favorites steer your own life? And it does. Um, We have to start parsing through, wading through those voices and find the right ones. It also affects our minds. It literally, physically changes the way that we think. Massive amounts of dopamine are released when you see someone liking something or sharing something that you posted or that you commented. It's just under the addiction level and the dopamine release of cocaine. Or what about oxytocin released when you get approval? It's like a hug and it makes you long for more of these social hugs, these virtual hugs. I was talking to one of my friends who works for a tech giant, and he specifically works in the advertising department with the psychiatry behind it, like the psychology behind it, sorry. And... um. It's amazing what he had to say. He said, you know, our work was built on the backs of of the psychology done behind casinos. It's the same thing in many respects. It's this idea of chance that you might be able to pull the lever and something good happens. Well, when you log on to something or when you send something or when you receive something, there might be a chance that something new has happened, that some new person liked what you said. That they commented on it and you become, you become a little bit more relevant. And so it's the same kind of concept as casinos. Uh, in fact, sometimes groups like Facebook will taper out how long you receive these likes. Just to make sure that they can keep you for longer. 
that they can keep you in the casino for longer. They control when you get those. And I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist. The youth group rags on me for it. But this is what is happening. This is reality. Uh, and it's happening to you and me. There's a marketing study, uh, their, their group released this, uh, this pre-COVID from 2014 to 2020. We've gone from the average amount of time on a phone from two and a half hours a day to just under four. The average teen is somewhere uh, above eight hours a day. It's more than laundry, socializing, grooming, eating, sports, drinking, and exercise combined for the majority of us. It affects how we view ourselves. It is changing the way that we think. This is the thing that makes me extremely sad. With Instagram, 68% of people admitted to editing or doctoring or touching up their photos. That's up 20% in the last two years. And what does that mean? Well, Instagram is, is an app where you get to share your life. It shares what you eat and where you visit and uh, what your pet is doing. So many different things. Well, whenever 68% of people are editing things, it's even hard to tell. Reality gets blurred and suddenly you have people looking at exercise gurus who edit the way they look. And you say, man, I wish I could be like them. Not knowing that it's edited. People's food looks better. Their skin is smoother. They're prettier. They're more handsome. The places that they visit, more exciting. And if only you could be living that life. We see massive rises in body issues. Massive drops in self-esteem. And the dreaded FOMO. Or the fear of missing out. It's this thing that's happening uh, across the nation, across the world. Uh, that people are saying everything is happening where I'm not. It's the, it's the grass is always greener. Cranked up to 10. See, people's grass is edited to actually look greener. And we are losing the ability to tell the difference. Young people are looking at this and saying, man... I'll never have that life. I'll never be able to travel there. My food will never look that good. I'll never be that attractive. It's just massive amounts of self-disparaging. How about our words? I read in a research paper that showed people bond at a deeper level when they talk about someone or something they hate rather than someone or something that they love. The, tomb, the term doom scrolling that got added this last year in the dictionary means to scroll through a seemingly endless cycle of dystopian news on your phone. I'll introduce you to one of my favorites. I actually probably get on this app almost every single day, and my wife does too. We scroll through it together sometimes. Now, you might have heard of Reddit from the news with the whole Wall Street bets and GameStop and shorting that. Um, well... The way that Reddit works is it's Facebook, but everyone's anonymous. You don't see who people are. And um, you get to join these subreddits or these little mini communities. You get to pick which ones you see and then how often you see them in some cases. If you like cute cows, then, well, you can join a subreddit that sees nothing but cute cows. That's what my wife does. She loves them. Uh, she thinks they're great. Uh, you can you can join something with Irish music, where it's just people sharing Irish music and looking at you, Jay. 
And uh, it's so good in so many ways. I join, uh, join these ones that are about banjos. I get to see techniques and new music and uh, share that. And uh, I, I joined one that has about worship ministers. And we talk about worship. Ones with Christians, with Austin. There's an Austin subreddit where we sit and we talk about what's going on. During, uh, during the, the week where everything was frozen over, it really bonded as this online community. You name it. If you want to watch children falling over for hours, you can join a subreddit called Children Falling Over, and you can see nothing but that on your feed. Or uh, anything that you want. There's this one that's one subreddit, one small community in Reddit that's dedicated just to people that hate Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They think he's lazy and that he only got out of bed once Charlie got this golden ticket. They don't think it's fair. Well, uh, it's called Grandpa Joe Hate. It has 137,000 subscribers posting daily. Or political subs, numbering millions of people. You get to pick what side you want to listen to. You want to join the conservative subreddit? Do that. The liberal one? Join that. The centrist? Join that. There's even one that makes fun of people who are centrist, called Enlightened Centrism. You get to pick what you hear and who you hear it from. And the moderators can even delete things that doesn't fit in with the community guidelines. We see echo chambers, self-congratulatory remarks about how glad you are that you aren't like that other community, that other guy. Or Facebook. You don't like what your family is posting? Well, block them. You don't like what your friends are posting? Unfriend them. They're no longer going to be on your feed. I've literally done this before. This is not me talking about something, uh, talking down to anyone. I've blocked family because of posts. I've gotten in arguments with an uncle uh, over some disagreement, and I've never even met him. I get it. It's enticing. You're on the right side. They aren't. Sometimes space from what they say or believe can feel really, really nice. What I've seen also growing is movement, this movement that likes and favorites, or whatever you want to call them, dictate your own self-worth. After all, if you post something and only get a couple of likes, well, only a couple of people like you then. You see someone else post something and, well, it got three times that. And so they must be worth three times as much. If only you could be like them. Now, it's easy to blame this on technological giants or society or different generations. But we have to examine our part in this as well. Our tongues. Our words. Our actions. James says our tongues affects our hearts, yet it, it boasts of great things. There's James 3.9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. This was a theme that's been coming up again and again with the youth group. Every time we've looked through a different book in scripture, this seems to pop out in some form uh, of this idea of, of praising God on Sundays and then on Mondays, cursing your brother. We, we have to ask, is this helping us love others more deeply? Again, this is redeemable. 
wonderful things happen online, beauty, growth, relationships, resources. Social media is a great tool. I've seen so much love. People bonding together again, like with that Austin community. We have connections to family, to church, information, community, opportunity, the world of information at our fingertips, to see another person's face and to hear their voice when they live in another part of the world. But I've also seen deep hate and fractured relationships. I've seen these people, and I've been this person, who sit on a pew on Sunday and attack each other on Monday, all through a screen and an avatar. Sometimes the most hateful subreddit that I've seen on Reddit is the one about Christianity. It's difficult, and reading, reading scripture with the students and seeing this, there's just this, this clash, this clash that is happening. So what do we do? We've talked about the doom and gloom and all these things. Where's the hope? How do we talk about this? What do we do? I think the first thing is to examine and detest what you're seeing and hearing. We all stumble. We are all imperfect, as we saw in the beginning of James 3. But 1 John 4, 1 says to test all spirits and see whether they are from God. We have to look at what we're taking in and what we're putting out and if it's from God. And part of that means that we have to know what is from God. And so we have to spend at least as much time listening to him, reading his word, and understanding uh, his voice. We also have to seek to receive God's grace. In the very next chapter of James, you see James chapter 4, it says this, But he gives more grace. He's talking about God. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So we have to humble ourselves and, and find our own role in some of these things. Another thing we can do is to seek to be a blessing, uh, to be a light in the darkness. Uh, James 3, 9, in that chapter that we heard, I, I hate this, verse 9, Again, talking about our tongue, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. We cannot be a reactionary people. We cannot lead with reactionary sin. And what I mean by that is, when you see something that makes your blood boil, don't immediately respond don't immediately talk about them behind their back or text them or do whatever it is. In this idea of take space, give grace, receive grace, and be kind to each other. And if you're going to talk to them, talk to them, call them. As tired as many of us are of Zoom, use it as a tool. If possible, face to face because grace often dies through a screen. Whenever we stop, when we stop seeing people as people, when we dehumanize them, when we break them down to an avatar, it becomes that much easier to hate them. So is technology even good? Is it worth it? Should we remove social media? Should we delete it? I'll say this. You have to decide for yourself. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know 
what you have and, and what struggles you're going through. But I think it's wise to say, maybe I should take a break. Test it. See if that's what you need. Put limits on it. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you just need accountability. Someone to talk to you. Maybe you need to fast so that you can hear clearer the voice of God. There's so many voices in the world all around us, and social media, again, allows all of that to be heard. It's a positive and a negative, but in a sea of voices, we always have to make sure we've created space to listen, undistracted, with love and in kindness. We see later on in James chapter 3, he ends chapter 3 with this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Eddie Sharp used to say peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Or John 10, 3 and 4, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own by name. His sheep follow him for they know his voice. It goes back to, are you listening to God? Do you know his voice? Because God talks to you. He wants to talk to you. He's a communicative being and we're made in his image. And so we are communicative people. And he wants you to be, to communicate to each other, to the world. But first, know God's voice to know what to communicate. Test it to know whether it should be communicated. As a people of God, we have a responsibility to reflect that voice back into this world, to each other, to be that light in the darkness, to be a source of fresh water and not salt. When we watch our ship, for steering it with this rudder of our words, to practice wisdom, I'll end with again, this, these last verses of James 3, because I think that they're so beautiful. And then we'll be seeing about what it means to be the kingdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness.